the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's Lifeline with Craig Roberts. He's the host of Northern California's longest-running conservative talk show. He's a man with a message, a conservative with compassion. He's Lifeline's own Craig Roberts. And he's here to say good afternoon. Welcome. Five minutes after the hour of 5 p.m. here on your basic Wednesday, the 10th day of March. More rain today, huh? Supposed to clear up tomorrow. We'll see what happens. Not complaining. We need the rain. Certainly welcome a lot more of it. Well, as you head home, try to be uh, safe there on the slick, wet roads. And uh, we'll keep you apprised of what's going on traffic-wise throughout the broadcast uh, tonight, right up until uh, 7 p.m. Mentioned, by the way, later on in this first hour, we're going to be joined by best-selling author and pastor Carrie Oberbrunner, who is with us to share some of his experiences um, dealing with a pretty painful chapter in his life as a young man. And um, we're going to take and apply some of those lessons for all of us to learn in the broader sense of um, recovering from this big sucker punch we've all received called COVID-19. To be sure, some of us uh, really lambasted and suffering more significantly than others. If you are someone who has lost a loved one, maybe you've been struggling with the fragility of life, your own sense of mortality, maybe perhaps it has been your employment and income that has been impacted. And you're just feeling like you're behind the eight ball and you're excited about getting back to some semblance of normalcy, but thinking, yeah, and now I've got to make up for all this lost time. Well, Carrie's going to help share some insights from the Word with us that will hopefully give you an encouraged and positive look at the road ahead. And while we're heading down that road, one of the uh, detours, as it were, is dealing with an issue right now that has come to light in the the recent passage of the COVID-19 relief bill, and all of this being lauded or panned depended upon your political suasion or whether or not you're likely to receive a cash bailout or not. But I tell you, one outfit that will apparently receive a significant cash bailout in all of this is Planned Parenthood. We have cases where money is being provided to local governments to, quote-unquote, mitigate the fiscal effects stemming from COVID-19 that completely leave out of the equation the controls that are inherent to the Hyde Amendment, up to and including the uh, very real potentiality. We talked about this 
earlier in the year how the administrations between Republican and Democrat used this sort of ping-pong game back and forth on things like the Hyde Amendment, Title X funding, the Mexico City policy, to either support abortion or to curtail it. And uh, you can probably guess by the party in power right now where that's headed. Well, Title X funding may indeed be restored to Planned Parenthood, much to their delight, as it's one of their largest sources of funding. And all this means that we vacillate between Americans paying for abortion as sort of a late-stage prophylactic measure, and Americans not paying for it. So let's get an understanding of exactly what's going on here and what's happening with the Hyde Amendment and why that seems to be less of a law and more of a suggestion these days. Joining me now is the Western Regional Director with the National Right to Life Committee and host of Life Matters, heard Saturday mornings at 11 a.m. right here on KFAX. And always pleased to welcome Brian Johnston to our microphones. And uh, Brian, help us understand a bit of what's transpiring here. There is a Senate amendment now under consideration to H.R. 1319 that kind of goes to the heart of this very topic of that seesaw, as I suggested earlier, related to Hyde Amendment. And I guess maybe as the first point of of clarification, understanding you're not a lawyer, but you played one on TV, <laughs> why does it seem as if for some administrations the Hyde Amendment isn't codified law passed by Congress, but merely a suggestion that can be dispensed with at the will of the president? Well, that's, yeah, there's so much in this right now, Craig, and as you know, the uh, recent elections, very close, and now all of the of the bodies of Congress, both the House and the Senate, very close. And while we know that the Democrat Party as a party is committed to abortion, as you mentioned, and even as a form of birth control, it's still very clear that the majority of Americans, even those who may call themselves pro-choice, they don't necessarily believe that the government should be underwriting this. And so this is an important distinction, and until, and I think it will be sometime in the near future, until the Supreme Court allows us to, again, protect children in the womb at some point, it's really only the issue of government funding that our representatives can address. Now, back to the now famous $1.9 trillion measure to, to relieve COVID problems. Many people already know this, that most of that money isn't actually specifically earmarked for COVID and allows states like California in New York, that have great debt already. It allows them to be bailed out. Now, part of the problem is that here in California, a lot of our funds are already funding abortion. And so now this federal money is going to be shoveled into the California Treasury without any of the Hyde Amendment restrictions. It is to say, up until this time, each Congress has affirmed the Hyde language, which basically says, hey, this money shouldn't be going to actually pay for and promote human abortion. 
this is not something that that the average American, even if they are supportive of, quote, choice, they don't necessarily want it to be an underwritten industry by the government. Polls continue to show that. So this particular measure passed the House. Then it went on to the Senate, and there in the Senate, as we know, this happened just just uh, yesterday, they confirmed and added amendments to it. And so this has to come back to the House, what's called reconciliation. So listening in the Bay Area, the reality is that your Congress member may not be pro-life, but that's okay. They need to hear from you because they also know, and there are many Democrats who will acknowledge this, that the right to an abortion is very different than, quote-unquote, underwriting that, just like your right to own a car is very different than the duty of the government to buy you a car. That's a substantial difference. And so what we're looking at is, as you mentioned, this particular reconciliation bill on the $1.9 trillion COVID relief package your member of Congress needs to hear from you. If you think the government shouldn't be underwriting it, they need to hear from you, and it can have an impact. In fact, this is the one area that many Democrats kind of feel that pressure because there's a lot of Democrats. And we saw some yesterday. I saw a thing from the uh, the, uh, the Lutheran uh, pro-life group that had reluctantly supported Oh, it's very sad. They should have known better, but they had reluctantly supported uh, uh, President Biden, thinking that he was a moderate on this issue. Well, no, I'm sorry, he's not. And now the entire uh, Democrat Party, from the presidency to the Senate, and even in the House, they're not moderate on this. But many Democrats are. And they know that. And so they're trying to jam this through. Don't be discouraged. Your voice can be heard by these Democrats because they know, again, the polls consistently show that there's a huge gap, a 20-point gap in terms of Americans funding their attitudes towards the funding of the abortion industry. That recently it was the Ameris poll. It shows that that... 58% to 38%. 58% want to stop government funding of abortion. And that's across, across all party lines. So the issue of funding of abortion is a very specific issue. It's now on the plate of your member of Congress. So your call to your local member of Congress, and in the Bay Area, there's quite a few. There aren't any pro-life members of Congress representing the Bay Area. So that being said, even the Democrats who are pro-choice know that the issue of government funding, the Hyde Amendment, that's a very distinct issue, and it makes a difference to a lot of their constituents. So we've said it before, there's a lot of Democrats that are actually Catholics and state Democrats. They're pro-life but they've remained in the Democrat Party. And there are a lot of blue-collar union workers 
that basically are registered Democrats, but they're they're pro life. And if this is pushed on them, they don't like it. So their voice can be heard. And whether you're a Republican or a Democrat, this is the debate about whether your government is going to fund the abortion industry, both here and abroad, by the way, because a lot of this money is going to be sent overseas. And And I want to talk about that more in depth when we come back after the break, Brian. You know, one of the important distinctions here that I want to make for the benefit of listeners is that there is this sense that it's somehow this nondescript government money, that the government is sitting on this big pile of cash, that they have somehow, I don't know, earned through selling candy bars or a newspaper route, something of that sort. (coughs) No, the government doesn't have any money. Let me say that again. The government doesn't have any money money, but that which we send there in our taxes. And I think it's important as you reach out to your member of Congress to say, I don't want my money. I don't want money that's coming out of my paycheck going to support abortion. And we'll dive a little bit deeper into this topic. And we'll also talk about the overseas component that Brian just alluded to a moment ago. If you've just tuned in, Brian Johnston, Western Regional Director with the National Right to Life Committee with us today as we are talking about the uh, the decision, the consideration for Senate Amendment to H.R. 1319 that would come back. And, uh, well, we're, we're hoping to correct a wrong here. And we'll tell you more about how you can get involved in a moment. Also pe- peel back the layer of the onion in relationship to what's going on with the potentiality of your family's money going to provide abortions overseas. I'm Craig Roberts. You're in tune with the Wednesday edition of Lifeline. Back to more of our conversation with Brian Johnston as Lifeline continues. And now back to Lifeline with Craig Roberts. All right, we're back to our conversation. Brian Johnston with us. He, of course, is the host of Life Matters. We invite you to check out the program where he has a chance to go into depth to these and other critical pro-life-related issues every Saturday morning at 11 a.m. right here on KFAX. You can find out more, by the way, going online to californiaprolife.org. That's californiaprolife.org. Uh, Brian, you alluded to just before the break the fact that this is not just a matter of our tax dollars going to support abortion, uh, but also this is a hefty dose of money that would go overseas. And there is an aspect um, of the amendment to H.R. 1319, and I'm quoting here, that authorizes $204 million for State Department expenses to, quote, prevent, prepare for, and respond to coronavirus domestically or internationally. And it seems that uh, potentially that internationally part, given the fact that it's going to the State Department, would seemingly always be international. Is that kind of a wink-wink, nod-nod to providing potential funding for overseas abortions, uh, much like what the Mexico City policy had had, uh, tried to uh, inhibit? Well, that's exactly right, Craig. And there's even more... There is uh, $500 million in appropriations for the foreign humanitarian response to COVID. Now, again, it's been said in other areas, but this entire bill is actually a Democrat party wish list. 
They are throwing money in. And a lot of it is not specifically restrained for helping people with COVID right now. It's going into, you might say, the bureaucratic industrial complex. A lot of it won't be spent for a while. But it does earmark an additional $500 million to be appropriated for the foreign humanitarian response that is supposed to prevent, prepare for, and respond to coronavirus. But these millions are not subject to the international provisions of the Helms Amendment and, as you said, the Mexico City policy. So they're going all the oxen free. The Democrat Party uh, allies in Planned Parenthood is a huge ally of the Democrat Party's plans for America. So, again, it's interesting in distinguishing between domestic funding. We just talked about the domestic funding and how there's a 20% gap between those who may even call themselves for choice, but they don't feel a need for, for the government to fund America's abortion industry. It's even higher internationally. Now, what happens is on the international issue, it's a matter of your American money telling other countries, you've got to promote abortion. And when you ask folks, 77% of Americans oppose that the foreign export of abortion, and this includes more than 6 in 10 of those who self-identify as pro-choice. 6 in 10 of those who call themselves pro-choice do not think we need to now be exporting this all over the world. And so this is really a point of conflict within the Democrat Party, and people don't realize that. But if you have any qualms about abortion, this is when you're calling your member of Congress can actually have great impact. They will know that you're watching. And they're trying right now, when I see Nancy Pelosi speaking these days, they are just trying to get away with as much as they can right now. It's, ex- it's extraordinary. But if you let them know, no, we're watching, that actually can have a dramatic impact right now. Timing is very important. And they're going to be considering now this particular measure, again, it's the Senate Amendment to H.R. 1319. It is the authorization of the funds, what's known as the reconciliation language, that your member of Congress will be voting on shortly for the $1.9 trillion COVID bailout. So very important, and you can easily get your member of Congress's phone number in your local directory. You can actually call... Um, there's, there's plenty of listings. There is a switchboard, but often if you call the capital switchboard, you're going to be sent into its own little bureaucracy. But you should have direct access to your own member of Congress and call them and tell them that, that you do not want your money going to fund the abortion industry, and that also you would like to have an answer of how they finally decide. You want them to report back to you. As Craig, as you just said, they actually work for us. It's actually not their money. It's actually your money. And if you will hold them accountable, that's the way our government system was designed, for you to speak up. And this is just a very important time to do that. And I think it's also important to be mindful. People say, well, California, you know, this is a losing battle. Why even bother? Uh, But they pay closer attention to these matters than you might think. 
And while there may be some high-profile senators that will just be obstinate or high-profile members of the House that may be obstinate in their position because they're so beholden to party politics, there are many who recognize that on a two-year cycle, they are held accountable. And we have seen proof positive that when a member of Congress gets their switchboard and their email inbox and their letterbox stuffed full of input from constituents, it tends to kind of build in a little bit of fear factor there. And surprisingly, and contrary to what you might think, um, it, it is not unusual for a vote to quietly change at the last minute without much fanfare. So if you feel as if you don't have any strength, don't have any power, won't make any difference, uh, you do, and it does, and so you need to be engaged, you need to be involved. And uh, as Brian pointed out, uh, you can call the main switchboard, but these days everybody has, for the most part, access to the Internet. You can easily Google uh, your zip code to ascertain who your member of the House is. Senate, of course, we know only two choices there. And uh, obtain their telephone number. You can find the phone number for their district office or their office in Washington, D.C. No need to be afraid or intimidated. No, you're not going to talk to your congressman directly, but you will reach the switchboard. They will take a detailed message. You can, as Brian suggests, request that you receive an email or a phone call back with the result of how uh, the, uh, the member of the House or the Senate voted. And we need to hold these people accountable. If we don't do it, they will act as if our money is their money. And as we delineated before, just the opposite is true. Brian Johnston goes into these issues in depth every Saturday morning at 11 a.m. on Life Matters. We invite you to make that a tune-in date not to miss. And to find out more about these issues, you can go online to CaliforniaProLife.org. That's CaliforniaProLife.org. And again, make it a point to join us Saturday mornings at 11 a.m. for Life Matters right here on AM 1100 KFAX. Thanks to Brian Johnston, Western Regional Director with the National Right to Life Committee for that update. 531 from KFAX. Got a look at And now back to Lifeline with Craig Roberts. Undoubtedly, if we took a quick survey, we won't do it because you're driving and I don't want you to raise your hand and take it off the steering wheel. But if we took a quick survey, I think we would all concur that to varying degrees, just about everybody in our country has been sucker punched by COVID. Sadly, some more severely than others. This can run the gambit of loss of friends or immediate family. Maybe confronting for the first time the realization of the fragility of life. Certainly all of us, or at least those that have been practicing proper social distancing and taking advice from the medical experts, have seen um, the cutting off of our circle of friends because we can't meet and gather as we used to. Others still have had to deal with the impact of loss of employment and their income being cut off. And I suppose now that we're beginning to see widespread distribution of the inoculation against COVID-19 and there's a sense of sort of uh, 
um, being in the recovery stage. Many folks, I think, are excited about that notion and overwhelmed at the same time. To be sure, there's a lot of lost forward momentum. Some people feel as if they have to kind of get up, shake themselves off, and retrace their steps. Living for today and perhaps paying back rent from six months ago. How do we go about picking up the pieces, recapturing dreams, resetting our course, and refiring our sense of drive and enthusiasm? Well, our next guest is going to offer some life stories and personal insights to assist us along that very route. Carrie Oberbrunner is CEO of Igniting Souls. He is a motivation coach, keynote speaker, author of a new book called Unshakable, Unhackable, I'm sorry, Close the Gap Between Dreaming and Doing, newly published by Ethos Collective Publishers. He also spent many years as a pastor. And Carrie, thanks so much for being with us today. Hey, it's great to be here, and what an intro. Thanks for having me. Boy, trying to um, pick up the pieces and regain momentum. You know, a, a lot of folks sometimes, I think, carry in their life experiences. You get knocked down, you get back up again. Maybe you came out of the school to pick yourself up by the bootstraps, and you try again, mm. and then something else comes along in life, and it knocks you down again. And, and suddenly, after two or three or four times of these kinds of experiences, you get to wonder whether God is just not showing up to work. <laughs> or if he is, you're not high on his agenda. And you begin to perhaps move into that area where you're thinking and almost convincing yourself that the terrible things that people say around you, or maybe even sometimes to you, must be true. Mm there must be something inherent, a failure in you, a mistake in your DNA, something that just says you are not like the rest and not in a good way. And I would imagine some folks, even eavesdropping on our conversation today, raised in the church, and I might add as you were, are feeling that yeah. way right now. Maybe because of personal life experiences, could be a marriage relationship gone sour, the loss of employment, maybe maybe struggling with an addiction of one sort or another, and they just feel as if, wow, you know, the only way that I can stick through this because I got bills to pay and kids to care for is to just kind of back down, shut down emotionally and try mm -hmm. to just get through it all. Yes, yes. You know, I was there uh, for sure, and I think that a lot of us can get to that place. And when we do, I basically say that when we numb our pain, we numb our potential. So it's easy to numb the pain. It's easy to check out, grab the remote, grab the beverage, whatever our go-to is, the gossip, the social media. It's easier to do that, but it, it doesn't solve the problem. And we know that in the book Unhackable, I basically talk about how we often think that bank accounts and computers can get hacked, but honestly, <laughs> our brains can get hacked. And COVID did hack many of us, and a hack is when someone or something 
gains unauthorized access to a system or a computer. And if we remember biology class, our bodies are made up of systems, circulatory, respiratory, and our brains are like supercomputers. So, so yes, Craig, I agree that, it, that many of us have been hacked, but that's not the answer. That's just the problem. And the devil likes to, to keep this in spiritual context, the devil likes to mm-hmm. not only engage in that hacking, but boy, if he can plant some, some hidden malware in there, <laughs> and, and not just in your brain, but in your heart, Ooh, that will good. cause yeah. you to have a skewed viewpoint on reality, that will cause you to believe that that pushing the pain down makes the problems go away when it doesn't. It just pushes the pain down, but the problems don't go away. And in fact, in some cases, they fester and get even worse. And this this hacking has really accomplished the goal of getting us off of sight, creating a skewed viewpoint of not only who God is to us, but most importantly, who we are to God. Mm. Yes, when we get hacked, we basically say, I am no one, and I have nothing. And of course, that's the complete opposite of Scripture. When we are Christ's child, we have incredible position. We're seated in the heavenly places, and all riches are available to us. And and yet, it doesn't seem like reality when you walk out in 2021. So it is a battle of belief, and I love the analogy you gave where you talked about malware. Wow, I've never heard uh, someone go with me on this metaphor before, but you're very... You're very correct. I mean, let's take it even further. There's a, there's a virus, just like with computers. You can get a computer virus. Well, the virus is, uh, is sin, you know, and mm-hmm. we've, been, uh, we've been given the opportunity to essentially get a new machine, a new upgrade. But just because we've been made that available doesn't mean that we use it. And that's what we need to do today. We need to take every thought captive, but then move into a place where we, we live from abundance, victory, whether we feel it or not. So many times today we can let the feelings overpower truth. And you know what's interesting? Having dealt with um, a viral attack of the computer mm. sort, um, yes. i got to tell you, from painful first-hand experience when that virus hits it is insidious it gets into corners and places of your electronic life that you couldn't imagine and suddenly all systems get infected it's not just your email it's your file archives it's it's your ability to communicate (laughs) online it's every aspect of your digital life is suddenly now infected and i'm wondering if the same thing when you go through some of these life experiences and 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 mm-hmm. suddenly you're you're just you're just at that point of giving up. The enemy has been able to plant that malware in your heart. Does it do the same mm-hmm. thing? Does it insidiously impact every aspect of your your life, your relationship with your God, your kids, your wife, everyone? Oh yeah, there's a quote by Annis Nin where it says, "We don't see things the way they are, but the way we are," and so. Just like you have a pair of glasses that is smudged and foggy, 
you put that up to your eyes and everything you see looks smudged and foggy, even though reality is not that. And so, yes, we, we honestly do need to get our vision clear again because, yeah, when you think God is against you, when you think God is either not all-powerful, not all-present, or not all-good, the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy, and, and we can definitely have our faith robbed. But there is hope, and there is good news, and just like maybe Peter in Scripture was hacked, um, he was also reinstated, so we can become unhackable. And when we come back after the break, Carrie, I want to dive a little bit deeper into that because people that are uh, hopefully following our analogy here are wondering, okay, guys, boy, I know exactly what you're talking about. I've been there or I'm there right now. What I don't understand is where do I go to turn on that spiritual firewall? How do I install the necessary anti-malware that in this case will protect my heart, my life, my relationships, not only the way I, I, I see and do things, but, but ultimately my sense of vision and dreaming. Where do I go to recapture hope, rekindle my dreams, and get back on track again? We'll talk about turning on that proverbial spiritual firewall as our conversation with Kerry Oberbrunner continues. Again, he is CEO of Igniting Souls. He's got a new book out called Unhackable, Close the Gap Between Dreaming and Doing, newly published by Ethos Collective Publishers. You'll find it online, The Usual Suspects, Amazon.com, or easily still through um, Kerry's website, unhackablebook.com. That's unhackablebook.com. Com. A timeout. We'll come back to more of our conversation as Lifeline continues. And now back to Lifeline with Craig Roberts. My gracious producer has generously allocated 30 minutes for a conversation that probably takes 30 hours. <laughs> but we're going to try our best today. Carrie Oberbrunner is with us today, CEO of Igniting Souls. We're talking a bit about his new book called Unhackable, Close the Gap Between Dreaming and Doing. And, you know, that kind of goes to this, the core of your own life story. And we won't take time mm -hmm. to go into too much detail. We mentioned... Uh, uh, Carrie, that you were raised in the church as a young boy, yeah. you were a stutterer, you were bullied as a result, you had gone through difficult experiences like the passing of, of classmates. I know I had a couple, uh, I think when I was in seventh grade and it just devastated the whole school. Then yeah. exacerbating that difficult set of circumstances, your mom had a couple of strokes uh, and it was just an easy way for you to shut down emotionally and disconnect, particularly after you had um, had gone through an accident, which means you lost your chance as a state qualifier for your high school wrestling team. Dad ended up having a heart attack during this period of time. And I think most mm -hmm. notably, you reached a point in life, and boy, many of us have been there, where you just don't feel, you know, we, we're always told in Scripture, run to his arms. And that sense of father figure. And yet for those that maybe were abused by a father and don't have a healthy view of what the father figure looks like, or in your case, mm -hmm. simply not feeling safe with God. Wow. Yep. Suddenly you're out there flailing about. And in your case, a way of sort of diverting the heart pain, the soul pain, 
was to to engage in 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 a sense of self-inflicted pain and and yep. I, and I'm wondering if maybe that even at a point gave you at least a little sense of control over your life. I mean, at least that you could decide when and how often and 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 how deep uh, unlike so much else in your life where you really were kind of the victim of circumstances much as all of us have been with COVID. Yes, yes. It's it's very interesting how the human brain will use anything as a coping mechanism. And for me, yeah, self-injury cutting wasn't a desire to end my life. It was actually a desire to live. And it became a way of, you're right, that anger being turned inward. I was, I was angry at God, much like David was in the imprecatory Psalms where he, he just, he's pretty ticked off at God and he, he asked God some, some big, deep questions and says, may you make my enemies uh, wander and beg, and may, may they be blotted out of the book of life. And yet he was a man after God's own heart. And so where, where I had to go, Craig, is I had to go to a place where I realized that I couldn't clean myself up before I came to God. You see, that was the lie I was mm. believing. Oh, I'll just, I'll just, I'll deal with my anger, and then I'll come to God. I'll, I'll fix myself up, then I'll come to Him. But I had to come to Him broken and angry, and uh, gave Him a few colorful words. But I'll <laughs> tell you what, um, I think that a person after God's own heart is someone who's authentic, and I think God can deal with us, but He can't deal with our absence. And so I did find healing. I did, I did become, quote, unhackable uh, through his love and grace. But it, it was messy there for a few years. Even as a pastor, I was self-injuring in my very first church. So it, it was an interesting, tough time. And, and, you know, to continue with our analogy, because it just so wonderfully puts this into context for all of us, anyone that has gone down the road of, uh-oh, what did I click on? What did I do? Now, all of a sudden, I can't open email. I can't open document files. What happened to all my files? And so with great reluctance, we take it down to uh, the, the local guru spot uh, where they can help us. And yet in the process, you have such a sense of guilt and shame because you're certain you've done something stupid or you've forgotten something stupid. And so that guilt and shame you know, almost wakes you hope as if you, well, if I, maybe I can fix this myself and you're up till three o'clock in the morning, you know, Googling answers and trying to come up with a solution, maybe in the process, making things even worse. And I would suspect in life, we do a lot of that. Don't we, we, we either are are so overwhelmed by guilt and shame. We're afraid to take it to anyone else, afraid to take it to Mm -hmm. God, or we kind of get stuck and we're trying to fix it ourselves, not being at the level of maturity where we can just admit, you know what, this is beyond me, and that's okay. Absolutely. Yeah, I I really believe we are one of the brothers in the prodigal son. The older brother Mm. shows religion, and he was far from the father, and that's where I went. I went with, "I'll I'll just keep doing good works, and I'll impress him with my performance. And the other brother goes to rebellion and says, what's the use anyway? I'm far from the Father. I might as well live it up. 
So I do believe that, that we are bent toward religion or rebellion, but what God wants is relationship, that true relationship. Mm-hmm. And just to give people some, some good news, um, in the book, one of the days, the very first day, we say is write, write a new story. So there's no chapters in the book, but there's 30 days, and the first day is write a new story, because so many times we let the old story hack us. In other words, look at Paul. Paul was a murderer. Paul was a, you know, uh, just just a real tough guy for God to work with, but God gave him a new story. And I want to encourage anyone today who says, you know, I'm beyond hope. I don't have a chance. I've been hacked my whole life. I would just say, you know what? Use the phrase, up until now. (laughs) Up until Mm. now, I've made bad choices. Up until now, I've lived my own life. But don't take your past story and curse your future. God wants to give you a new future. He says in the Scriptures, you are a new creation. And so each one of us can be unhackable. And that's just one day. Of, of the book, but, but I just want to encourage everybody, look, if, if God can use a stuttering, depressed cutter um, who is angry and, and redeem my life, he, he can do it for anybody. And I think the, the, the other important message here to kind of underscore, uh, Carrie, as our time winds down, and that is, mm-hmm. and you talked about this, that, that sense of not being able to live up to God's standards. Well, newsflash, none of us can. <laughs> if we were capable of living up to God's standards, then we would still be living, living in the old covenant. We wouldn't have needed Jesus. We wouldn't yeah. need grace. We wouldn't have needed his work on the cross because we got this handled. So we can't, and that's okay. And if we accept that and embrace that and say, God is beyond me, and just like we reluctantly finally decide to get some help when we're having problems with the computer, doing the same thing here and saying, I'm not the expert here, Lord. I know that my hard drive, or in this case, my heart, is is hurting. It's maybe It may be on the point of failing, um, mm-hmm. and I really need your help to restore me to get my heart working again, to restore my sense of, of purpose and vision and calling and my dreams and get back mm. on track and realize that there will be things in life that will come along that occasionally you're going to get a little bit of a, you know, a glitch in the software, as they say, but that's okay. This too you shall overcome. I love the analogy you used and just like our smartphones pop up often and say, you need a software update. You know, that's where the scriptures are on a, on a regular basis where we can commune with the Father and essentially get that spiritual upgrade and update. So this has been fun. I, I love how far you took the analogy. You've taught me well, the author it, a, a couple things. <laughs> And, and, and I, feel feel free to use them. Just mention copyright 2000. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> well, Carrie, <laughs> no, it's been a blessing to have you on the program. And I'm going to ask, uh, all kidding aside, I'm going to ask uh, my producer to invite you back again when we have more time to spend together. Oh, uh, this is this is a great book. It's a great concept that, that, that I think people can really wrap their, their hearts and their heads around. And, and most importantly, it's so needed. Uh, you know, life is tough 
on the good days, let alone to be handed so much in relationship to COVID-19. And I think that um, it's time for the reboot for all of us right now to reboot our, our, our mentality and say, you know what, that's in the past. We're going to keep looking forward and, uh, and, and, and really embrace, um, embrace the future ahead of us and understand that, you know, through God, thing, God all things are indeed possible and obtainable. Carrie Oberbrunner, again, thank you so much, brother, for being with us. We'll point listeners in the direction of your website to get a copy of the book. You'll find it compelling, insightful, and very encouraging. It's called Unhackable, Close the Gap Between Dreaming and Doing, newly published by Ethos Collective. You'll find it at Christian bookstores around the Bay Area, also directly through Carrie's website at unhackablebook.com. That's unhackablebook.com. And our thanks to Carrie Oberbrunner for being with us on this segment of Lifeline. Bit past six o'clock, let's get you updated on traffic.